Good morning and welcome to the King's Speech. Not that I'm the King, just that I have the privilege of reporting some of the things he says to us on this Christmas morning. These words come from Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 to 21. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of most the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, uh, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, we'll spend a few minutes thinking about those words after we sing a carol together, which is what we're going to do now. There's a lot of good stuff in those verses that we read at the start. They come from the end of Paul's letter to the believers in the province of Asia. And he charges them to be careful about how they live and to make the best use of every day that God gives them. That's a challenging point in the light of the year that we've just had, isn't it? Most of us have had the opportunity to be tested in this area when we found ourselves quarantined for a period of time. How did we use that new circumstance? Did we slob around? Or did we use that time productively? Can I just add a caveat that rest can be a very productive use of time, and some of us need to hear that. But there is a difference between rest and indulgent slobbing, isn't there? Well, Paul continues to say the days are evil, and so we mustn't waste our time in foolishness, as he says. That is, in pursuing our own agenda, or in pursuing the agenda of the world around us. Paul urges us to carefully discern God's will. And he says not to be under the influence of alcohol, but instead to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He tells us that when we sing to the Lord, we are to sing from the heart. And we should also sing to one another. Some brilliant stuff there, isn't it? And then he says something really radical in verse 20, if what he said already is not radical enough. That as we do all of these things, we should be giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pause for a moment and think about that. It's easy to thank God when things are going well. I guess we've all opened some really lovely gifts this morning. And if you've got children in your house like we do, then the carpet is probably already ankle deep in wrapping paper. Many of us will have received more goodies than we know what to do with. And we'll be looking forward to a very special meal and a day of celebration in warm homes, in comfort. And it's easy to thank God for all of those things because they seem to us to obviously be God's good blessings for us, don't they? And they are. But Paul, who is bringing us the words of the king, remember, does not say, 
giving thanks for all the good things you receive. No, he says to give thanks for everything. That's hard. I don't know about you, but I'm finding it really hard to give thanks for the last minute change in government plans, which means that loved ones and friends couldn't come for Christmas. Are we really supposed to be thankful for 2020 with all of its troubles, all of its hardships, its isolation, its difficulties? You know, there's a wonderful chapter in a book called The Hiding Place. Many of you will know the story. It's by Corrie Tenboom. Uh, and it's really helpful and challenging in this point. Let me share it with you. See, the Tenboms were a Dutch family who were caught hiding Jews during the Second World War. And Corrie and her sister Betsy were sent to the Ravensbrück concentration camp. There, they were put into the largest of the women's barracks. You can see a picture of it here. It was packed with occupants. Uh, and there were sleeping platforms stacked three tiers high, and they were covered with rancid-smelling straw. They'd been kept like cattle. Corrie writes this. Suddenly I sat up, striking my head on the cross slats above. Something had pinched my leg. Fleas, I cried. Betsy, the place is swarming with them. Here, and here another one, I wailed. Betsy, how can we live in such a place? Show us, show us how. It was said so matter-of-factly, it took me a second to realise that she was praying. More and more, the distinction between prayer and the rest of life seemed to be vanishing for Betsy. Corrie, she said excitedly, he's given us the answer. Before we asked, as he always does, in the Bible this morning, when, when we read it, do you remember? Read that part again. I glanced down at the long distant aisle to make sure no guard was in sight and then drew the Bible from its pouch. It was in 1 Thessalonians, I said. We were on our third complete reading of the New Testament since leaving Scheveningen. In the feeble light, I turned the pages. Here it is. Comfort the frightened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. It seemed to be written expressively to Ravensbrook. Go on, said Betsy, that wasn't all. Oh yes, rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. That's it, Corrie, that's his answer. Give thanks in all circumstances. That's what we can do. We can start right now to thank God for every single thing about this new barracks. I stared at her and then around me at the dark, foul-aired room. Such as, I said, such as being assigned here together. I bit my lip. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Such as what you're holding in your hands. I looked down at the Bible. Yes, thank you, dear Lord, that there was no inspection when we entered here. Thank you for all these women here in this room who will meet you through these pages. Yes, said Betsy. Thank you for the very crowding here, since we're packed so close that many more will hear. She looked at me expectantly. Corrie, she prodded. Oh, all right. Thank you for the jammed, crammed, stuffed, packed, suffocating crowds. Thank you, Betsy went on serenely. 
for the fleas and for... The fleas! This was too much. Betsy, there is no way God can make me thankful or grateful for a flea. Give thanks in all circumstances, she quoted. It doesn't say in pleasant circumstances. Fleas are part of this place where God has put us. And so we stood between tiers of bunks and gave thanks for fleas. But this time, I was sure Betsy was wrong. As weeks passed, Betsy's health weakened to the point that rather than needing to go to work uh, duty each day, she was uh, permitted to remain in the barracks and knit socks together with the seriously ill prisoners. She was a lightning fast knitter and usually had her daily sock quota completed by noon. As a result, she had hours each day that she could spend moving from platform to, to platform, reading the Bible to fellow prisoners. She was able to do this undetected as the guards never seemed to venture far into the barracks. One evening when Corrie arrived back at the barracks, Betsy's eyes were twinkling. You're looking extraordinarily pleased with yourself, Corrie told her. You know, we've never understood why we had so much freedom in the big room. Betsy said, referring to the part of the barracks where the sleeping platforms were. Well, I found out. This afternoon, there was confusion in the knitting group about sock sizes, so we asked the supervisor to come and settle it. She wouldn't come. She wouldn't step through the door and neither would the guards. And do you know why? Betsy could not keep the triumph from her voice as she exclaimed, because of the fleas. That's what she said. This place is crawling with fleas. Corrie's mind raced back to their first hour in the barracks. She remembered Betsy bowing her head and thanking God for creatures that Corrie could see no use for. The God that we worship rules over everything in the world, big and small. And like Corrie and Betsy, we need to learn to trust him enough even to be able to thank him in the bad circumstances and not just for pleasant days like perhaps we've had today. I struggle to see any use for 2020. I don't know about you. And perhaps we'll never really know what God's good purposes in it were, at least in this life. But perhaps that's because I haven't really thought about the blessings that 2020 brought us. Did it bring us perhaps more time with our families? More time to reflect? Did it bring into un, us into unexpected contact, perhaps, with neighbours around us? Did it give us an opportunity to express care for them? Did it take away some of the things that we were trusting in rather than trusting in God? Did, it, did, did the frightening or the frustrating circumstances make us draw closer to him this year? Perhaps you could spend a moment this week as you've got time off, writing your own list of unexpected blessings from 2020. Brothers and sisters and children, let's finish this year thanking God for the good things that we're enjoying at Christmas, but also for everything that has passed in 2020 and trusting him for all that is to come next year. And so we do wish you a very happy Christmas and a truly blessed New Year.